ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Qatar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I know it's late. It's late on a uh, Monday night or early Tuesday, wherever you are in the world. But um, it's just been a crazy busy day for me. I've been... <coughs> oh, man, excuse the cough. I'm <coughs> running out of breath. You know, when you start working out again and you get that cough, I always get it when I start working out again. So anyway... I'm I'm back into it trying to lose some weight because I'm trying to lose the baby weight. The missus has lost the baby weight, but it seems like I've just continued to put the baby weight on. I don't get it. But um, yeah, it's coming off, thank God. So I'm back into that and uh, today was just a lot of stuff going on. It was busy, busy for my business, which is great. I'm extremely thankful for. And um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those jobs where you just got to, kind of drop everything and just run with it because they want stuff yesterday. And, um, yeah, so it was really cool. It was good. It's um, I have a company called Alloy Tracks, and basically we do a lot of music for TV and film, but m- games, mostly games and trailers. So today I was working on um, stuff for the Kong trailer. We did some stuff like that the other day, and then the, the new Blade Runner trailer. Um, so... Uh, yeah, a lot of cool, and King Arthur, so all these really big movies, and when these editors want stuff, they want it like an hour ago, and you just got to hustle and get shit done, so kind of everything gets pushed aside, which is, it's fun when you get the job in and they like it, but it's a nightmare when you spend a whole day on something and they're like, yeah, it didn't work, so, but anyway, it was a good day, a lot of good work, and uh, here we are, Guitar Wank, we will always get it out knock on wood but uh it's a little late so i apologize for that but thank you for being so patient not that you had a choice but you're here anyway and it's a great uh guitar wank this week a little different we've got val mccallum who is uh if you don't know val we're gonna find out more about him tonight but uh a great guitarist musician and um I won't go into it too much we'll get into it but uh he's he's got an interesting story and just a great player fun guy and it was a really fun hang we had so much fun and uh, it was a real pleasure thank you val for turning up mate we had a lot of fun hanging out having some drinks and uh yeah shooting the shit for a while for guitar wank so that was great so i'm gonna set this up this is guitar wank number 59 Woohoo! and um yeah i'll set it up basically val walked in scott wasn't here yet he turned up a little well, but everyone else was early. Scott was on time, I think. But anyway, we uh, I'm just going to let it run. And uh, it was it was a fun conversation with Val. And uh, I know I keep talking about the other guests coming up, which they are. But uh, keep the emails coming. It's been so many great questions of late and great feedback. Uh, so really, we appreciate that so much. Remember, you if you want to donate, you can go to the website, hit the donation tab. I know someone told me to make that bigger. So it's really obvious. Um, we've got actually some uh, supporters, fans, supporters, listeners, whatever you want to call them, that are actually working on a new website. And uh, just out of the goodness of their hearts, they're doing that. So we'll, maybe when they get that up, we'll have a bigger donation tab. So anyway, but uh, yeah, without further delay, let's get into it. This is Val McCallum and uh, with me and Bruce. And then Scott joins us. 
but uh, interesting, fun session. So, uh, and you can check out his band, Jack Shit, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. Um, I'm actually going to play one of their tracks to lead us into the, the podcast. So, sit back, relax, and I hope you guys are all well and safe out there. Keep the feedback coming. We really appreciate it. Keep the donations. If you want a mug or a t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy. Guitar Wank number 59. Thanks, guys. Actually, better Dorito Mussolini because it's got the right amount oh, of syllables. Did you say Dorito? No, I said Cheeto. <laughs> but I realized I could have gone either way. Yeah. Dorito's better because it's Benito. You know, it's, and it's got not the right as obvious. Syllables. But I should have got Cheeto. I, Cheeto I Mussolini just is really more true. Yeah. So I don't know. You get caught oh. in those artistic moments where you can't make a decision. Oh you have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have time to sit around and think about it. You guys got to pull the fucking trigger. Do you have one? You yeah, got, I got you one. You already got one. No, yeah, so, you know. I, can't, I have to, I'm going to have to just I, a little bit because I, I actually got pulled over recently. Uh-oh. I had dinner with my brother Paul and Jim Fox. Oh, God, had, that's so dangerous, isn't it? Well, it was the greatest dinner. and Jim, I Was it this, a Morton's moment? No, it was a Baroni's moment. Oh, we would, we, you know, the, the, the food. It's a weird place. The food doesn't Did really Did you go there with Paul recently? Yes. Uh, he went Monday there night. Like two Monday days night. In a row? Monday night. We were there on Sunday night, I think. Oh, yeah. He said you guys had gone over to uh, so we Roy Blankenship's. Yeah, that, this time I got pulled over. And Ooh. It's like, it was you terrible. Get, you didn't get it, did you? No, but I got the flashlight and the whole deal. Yeah. The crap scary, out of like oh yeah, it's so stupid. I, I'm so lucky. Yeah. How's Roy doing? Are we getting all this? Yeah. <laughs> Roy is uh, a long visit. You know, he can go there. He yeah. loves. He loves to hold you there. He's an awesome guy. I love him. Yeah. I, I'm very interested. I mean, I know I don't understand a word guy he's is saying. Brilliant, isn't he? He's uh, just yeah. brilliant. He's off the charts, smart. 
And every amp I've ever got home from him, I can't believe how good it sounds. I mean, he really makes them sound good. Yeah. He's great, isn't he? Really where, good. Where is he located now? He's always somewhere different. Yeah, he's a <laughs> new place that I've, I don't know. I need to find out because he, he's got four amps of mine right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the yeah. most I've ever dropped off at once because it sounded so, the few he did sounded so good, I just start, I started bringing him stuff that yeah. didn't he, even need. Roy worked on that one, the Fender. Uh, is that a, an old vibra verb? Yeah, old 63. Oh, man. And he just made it sound amazing. 15-inch speaker? Uh, oh, two tens. Yeah, two tens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. My old man picked it up for 200 bucks. Mm. Some guy walked into our, our little corner store and said, I've got this old Fender I want to get rid of. And I just need to get rid of it. Dad wow. was like, give me 200 bucks. He's like, all right, come and get it. Great. And, so yeah. Roy looked at it? Yeah, he looked at it and um, just fixed it all up. And well, I'm happy I finally found Roy because I went from some, from, from Bob Dixon to from some different guys that are all good guys. Yeah. But, uh, but Roy is just... He's just so cool, you know. Yeah. Really happy to have found him. Yeah, but they're all the solder sniffers are all kind of alike. <laughs> it's a unique <laughs> breed of guys. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's like the, if you listen to any of them, you you get the impression that they're the only people in the world that can actually fix amps, which yeah. blows your mind to think of how many good sounding amps there are in the world and that these this guy is working on all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they talk to you as if they know what's happening and <laughs> nobody else does. It's, they're, they're all like that. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's the solder. Is it? The solder sniffing. <laughs> I call those guys solder sniffers. Yeah. Because they're all, and they all basically live in their little hovel or yeah. with mom. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they basically do their laundry probably once every six months if you're lucky. You know, <laughs> there's you it's go true, in there and there's like it? a big gulp that's like been there for a few months. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not the healthiest bunch. No, and they not and all of them work at night. Yeah, all of them work. Yeah, at night. it's like a real interesting. Of course, oh. what do they say about us? But I laughed when I first went to Roy. I had. My wife was in the car, and he didn't know it. And I had opened up the trunks, and her window was down, and I was getting amps out. And he just went off on a tangent about women, you know, like the worst <laughs> one ever. And, and I was just going, oh, man. Have you met my wife? Just burying yeah. He didn't even give me a moment to sort of, I was yeah. trying to. And then, you know, I got in the car after making her wait for way longer oh, than I, than I, you know, the whole time I she was, was in there, I was like, oh, she was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> that was like that. I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, it's one of just those guys that I standard amp guy. hang out with. <laughs> and give just money another to. one. And give money to. Uh, exactly. That's funny. Uh, you don't mind, do you? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. that, did you used to tour with, did you do a stint with Wilson Phillips? I did. You did. When did you do that? 1990, when they first oh, you were happened. The, you were the first. Because yeah. I, I just finished with Wilson Phillips a year and a half ago. I did, really? I did three years with them. Wow. Yeah. How so, are they? They're good. They're sweet girls, right? Sweet girls. They're kind of just living on that hit time. and Yeah. Just, well, they yeah. didn't want to be there when I did it. They did not want well, to be there. Well, nothing's changed. Yeah. China doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And Connie would tour every as much as she could. Carney was great. And um, Wendy's kind of just the girl that's there who is happy to be there when yeah. goes with the flow. And 
I remember they would fight and throw Walkmans, like backstage. <laughs> There'd be like Walkman pieces. Now this is when they broke. You were there back in the, when there was cassette Walkmans. Or, you know, you were there in the craziness, like when they had the big yeah, hits. Yeah, man. We went, it was a weird time for me. My mother had just passed away, oh, and right. my brother, right, in in a six month period. And uh, I had an audition. Like my mom was sick, and I auditioned for that gig, and uh, got the gig like moments after my mom passed away. Oh, and I, but I was like, hell yeah, man! You I was got ready to, to do go. Something. Yeah. And so it was. I really was thrilled to to have the gig. It was, you know, they were very talented and. It was a high profile gig too, right? They were top of the charts. Yeah. They, yeah every other every few weeks they'd have another number one song. Like everything they released was number one. And it was really good. It was good music. You know, it was, you know Michael Landau's guitar parts to play. And was she dating? Was China dating yep. Michael then? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Nothing's. It doesn't seem like a lot has changed. Like China just does not want to do shows. They don't really rehearse. I bumped into her in Santa Barbara in a oh, wow. really cool breakfast place. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're, they're all sweet as hell. Yeah, I didn't recognize her. I haven't oh, seen really? her since then. Wow. I haven't seen her since like... That's like 30 years old. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember when your mom died. I remember, you know, it was kind of one of the first people, I think, the breast cancer, you know, no one, we didn't really know about it that much. You know what I mean? It was there, yeah. but it wasn't really a public thing. You yeah. know, it hadn't really become like, obviously, what it's become over 30 yeah. years. And I remember, you know... She was very public about it. Yeah. Yeah. She really did a lot to make she awareness did. about that. Yeah, I she guess. wrote two books, and wow. uh, and I remember that time. That was a long time ago. Or yeah. it seems like it was a long time ago. Yeah, late eighties. Yeah. Yep. She passed away in ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Strange days indeed. That was a heroic thing she did, man. Yeah, man. She, you know, she fought. You know. Yeah. It was kind of like. Was it? A, was it a drawn out? It was rough. Yeah. It was really rough. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. We were all like, you can give up now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Wow. <laughs> I remember my brother Paul sort of put that to her in a way that was like yeah. shocking. Yeah. But leave it to Paul. Yeah. We cut Paul's nickname in our face. Have you met my brother Paul? No. He's a really good guitar player. Yeah, he's my buddy. He's actually who I was hanging with today. The oh, okay. Is that how you guys know each other? Yes. Through, through your brother? Yeah. Yeah. Younger or older? Five years older. Five years older, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, what do you call him? Come on, you know. Oh, that, thanks that. for. I forgot where I was going. I yeah. just kind of. Oh, it, well, we call him Crowbar because he's Crowbar. the guy. Yeah, he's the guy that sort of <laughs> says without the edit chip and you know and he yeah. wants to he wants to find things out and you know and he's always actually charlie my stepdad nicknamed him crowbar because paul, yeah. paul was and when charles bronson calls somebody crowbar that's really quite an honor yeah right <laughs> he got a really great I mean, think awesome about, he just called me a pussy <laughs> he called everybody a pussy but he called paul crowbar so, so paul wasn't scared of him he was like the only one the only one of us that wasn't so you, Charles Bronson, was your stepdad. Stepdad yeah. for how long? Since I was like two years old. So he was really my dad. Wow. Yeah. So he, you, you were obviously around when he was doing all those movies, and yeah, I went everywhere with him. I, you know, rarely spent uh, a full school year in school. We were on location my whole upbringing, with tutors that were alcoholics, and wow, <laughs> yeah, it was. 
I'm sure. No, I'm, it was it was really cool. But you know, I remember you know when once I got a little older into my teens, I'd really would rather stay at home with my friends than be yeah. on location and you know Switzerland in a hotel room for three months or. Right. It wasn't that cool. I, well, I mean, it was amazing to look back on, but when I was there, it was kind of. It, and I'm sure you get these questions all the time. But what was, I, I mean, I've just got this image of Charles Bronson. He was such an iconic actor. What what was he like as a dad? Well, he, he was just a great guy, and he was a very private guy who, you know, was never happier than when he was just with the boys. Yeah. You know, with me and my brothers riding motorcycles every weekend. And, you know, he just wanted nothing to do with Hollywood scene. My mom wanted to go to parties, and he kind of wouldn't have it. Wow. That's he had really to go cool. to some things. But yeah, yeah. He didn't want, he, you know. He was, he was pretty a really private guy, very shy. Really laid back kind of guy? Yeah. Unless you cut him off, you know, I saw him march onto an RTV bus for cutting us off in traffic when I had my little sister in a, in a baby seat in the back and grabbed the driver by the collar. He would do that. Wow. So you don't yeah, he, was a, he was a badass for sure, but, you know. So he was similar to the characters he played? Well, pretty much. That's awesome. Pretty much. I mean, he kept it cool, but you didn't have to scratch him too hard to <laughs> find something pretty nasty. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not with us. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was awesome. But people would, would mess with him. Like, we'd go into motorcycle shops. And there was, you know, one time there was this, like, tough guy that owned a motorcycle shop. And he picked a fight with him because he figured that Charlie would never do it. Yeah. And Charlie, like, took all the motor oil we had on the counter and wiped it off onto the floor and said, come on, let's go outside. And, uh, you know, that obviously didn't happen. And, and the big mechanic came in from the back and was like looking like, what the hell's going on here? And it was me and, you know, my three brothers and two of our buddies and Charlie. And, you know. Wow. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. It was pretty funny. What, now what funny did, memory. What did he think of the music stuff? that you? He loved it. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. He'd come to a lot of my gigs. You know, even in the end of his life, he came to a jack shit show at the Mint. <laughs> and he loved it because he loved, you know, we do like, you know, Johnny Cash, and that was Charlie's thing, was like Slim Whitman and Johnny Cash and uh, that, you know, Sinatra, but really country. I mean, he was, he was amazed by anybody that could play an instrument. And that was like, he was pretty tone deaf, couldn't, you know, couldn't sing, but just appreciated music in a deep way. Yep. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. That's just so, so I miss cool him to, to death. Cause yeah. It's nice to be talking about him, you know. So. Well, when did, so. when did he died in '03? '03. Yeah. I remember that. I remember when he passed. Yeah. I, I was such a huge fan of his. He was. There's not many of those guys. Well, there's none of them. It feels like now, but back then he was one of these, like Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, like. Yeah. He was one of the huge icons. Kind of the original, the original guy. Man's man, took no shit. He, and all the movies, I think I watched them back to back so many times. Crazy. That's really Where are cool. you from? Uh, Australia. Was he popular in Australia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. All the all these stuff, you know. He was he was a legend. You know? Yeah. So, but that's so cool to hear that. You know, it's nice to hear the story that he was a good bloke too. Yeah. Yeah. And he had his shit together, and it's pretty. Well, rare. you know, he was. You know, okay. you, you hear people that 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 have had funny run-ins with him because he loved to mess with people, you know. <laughs> so he would go into a store 
and like complain and say this place is a mess or you know like some and just kind of and that'll be the thing that guy remembered you know oh, I got pricked you know right but uh, you know I remember where I got my first guitars was this place Westwood Music um, which was it was like the guitar shop in LA in the 60s and 70s it was a it was a classical music instrument store that, that this guy Herman Wallachy and his son was Fred Wallachy who you know sold guitars to everybody back in the day and I used yep. to take lessons in there with Paul my brother Paul and my mother and I would take a half hour lesson each back to back and uh Hey guys! Hi! Oh, no. oh with what? What are you doing here? <laughs> we told you it was tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> hey, Scott. How are you? Nice to meet you. you. What's up, man? How are you? All right, baby. What's going on? Oh, you know. Hello, hey, man. Hey, you go, Australian man. friend. How are you doing? I thought you were going to say Aussie bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, my little Aussie bitch. bitch. That's over, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, well, it is. Here's your quilter. Here's your little faggot ant. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, it's too manly for you? It's a fucking fag ant, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do shit. <laughs> you th is there anything you liked about it? It looked like you were holding a purse when you walked in. He doesn't like that it's so lightweight. It, it, it matches his shoes, and he's probably getting guys <laughs> hitting on him. It all does the time. come in a fanny pack, which is pretty cool. It's kind of nice. Man. It's, it's even even embroidered. <laughs> ah, you know, there's a side. I didn't totally hate it. <laughs> wow, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, there no, you go. I, I actually wrote a little review on it on my message board. You know, because oh, okay. the guy had already asked me. He's like, I dizzy, but I don't remember what. I know him as Dizzy from my message board, but you know his real name. And Gillespie? Yeah. Peter. his name. Peter. Maybe. But the guy I work with is Peter, and I told well, him I gave no, it to no, you. No, it was a, one of our fans, not one of the guys from the company. Oh, oh, one okay. of our fans. Somehow he knew that you gave me that amp. So I think it's that guy then, because there's only one person I told. Well, anyway, wanted to know what I thought about it, so I wrote a little review. Uh -huh. And uh, is, you it know. is it just for clean sounds? No, 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 it does does the thing, but it doesn't do it well. Because uh, I know that it was a, like steel guitar players use them. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, for um, for what I use it for, it's really working out great. Yeah, it, yeah. it's for what you do, it's shit. It's good you know like so i was, was surprised how loud the fucking thing is and it's really got a loud. speaker in it <coughs> no, it's, oh, no it's, a head. Yeah. it's a head and it's it's really cool it's it's got you know i mean for a low power i mean it goes up to 50 watts you know and, and i use it for mostly cleaner just that edge of where it's starting to mm -hmm. give up the ghost that's what mm -hmm. i like and it, it's, it allows me to control that and uh, it's a fat sound yeah it's a fat sounding amp but I mean, I don't know what for what. Well, he see, does. for me, it's not a fat sounding uh. amp. Compared to a Marshall, it's not a fat sounding amp. It's actually really thin. Uh. For if you try to do that with it, right? What it sounds like is, is it sounds like a Class A amp to me. You know, because mm -hmm. it sounds like my Badger or a Matchless or uh -huh. something like that. It's Class A, mm -hmm. so it's real sweet and it's nice and everything. And it, it for clean or blues, is fine. But if you try to get a high gain fat thing in the high strings, it can't do it. It no. just doesn't have it. Oh. It lacks low mid-range. But, you know, I yeah. I don't think that amp's even close to... That's not what it was made for anyway. Right, it's so, not what it's made for, yeah. But I mean, the fact that you say... It sound kind of like a blackface Fender, old blackface Fender. Well, no, because that's a Class AB amp, and that yeah. will do fat. You know, that, but, I mean, that I, I AB'd it against that amp. Uh-huh. In the studio. Does that amp have a presence control? I, I don't know. 
Does it? Like, I don't I, think so. Nope. No, no well, it's then, a 63. Then yeah. it is, it's more like class A. Right. It doesn't have a presence control. Then there's, there's certain things well, I'm talking that about the 60s. Do. The 60s ones don't have presence. Yeah. So there's, there's certain things you can do with an, that you can't do with an amp that doesn't have a presence control. It's a more complex high end. Right. You have a presence control. Yeah. And when an amp just has treble, it's limited. Yeah. It's not versatile. You know what I mean? With what I need to do with like serious distortion and serious gain and making it sound non-fizzy yeah. but yet really fat, you need presence. You need yeah. a presence control See, and a treble control. And the balance of those two makes the high end what you need it to be. Yeah. And when an amp only has treble, then you're kind of stuck with it yeah like, okay, not, well, not a lot of options not a lot of options right but for what right. for what the size and how it amazing. sounds and, and i said that I said, right yeah amazing like yeah. amazing I'm, that I'm, it can, uh, my my yeah. my pro reverb my 65 pro is now living in my office <laughs> yeah well i don't I'm blame not, you, i mean just the instability of that son yeah. of a bitch all yeah. these years you know i mean yeah. i mean it lives in my trunk a, a speed bump i go to the gig i don't have a good amp anymore you know what right. i mean i'm going right. to visit roy blankenship every other it's, week it's bad to leave amps in trunks isn't it well, you know, I mean, if <laughs> I did it for the last three days, really, no, no, with no. my well, three days, hey, look, I've done it uh -huh. because it was raining and my back's been tired, and I just right. left it back there. Right. You know, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I've left mine for months and months, for yeah, months only, and <laughs> months and thousands of miles. And with Dumble, it's probably better because he goops everything. But so you're not supposed to. How are you supposed? Someone said. <laughs> you should not leave that amp in, the, in your trunk. You're an idiot. And then he said, and he saw the way I had it in the trunk, and I had it so that the speaker was hanging. And he's like, that speaker's just going to fall out if you oh. get a bump. I don't know. You know, I've heard people tell me, and it'll warp the board. I've heard it both ways, and I've heard other people say that the other way, you know, because of the way the Roy Blankenship doesn't agree with it. Roy Blankenship says if you leave it that way, all of the front end of the thing is going to get all. That's what I was told. You should leave it flat on its face. Yeah, but no, Roy will tell you not to because those knobs are all going to get bounced around and fucked up, and everything in the in the control panel. The real reason is because street gangs now have dumbbell detectors. Wands, and they look around looking in trunks to see if there's a dumbbell in there. And if hey, there is, here's the man. thing. Street Favorite. gangs don't take musical instruments because they're too heavy and they entail practice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on that note, let's start the show. Guitar Wank, here we go. Scott, Bruce, welcome. We have a special guest, Val. Thank you so much. I don't Val know how. McCallum. McCallum. Yeah, McCallum. I don't know how or how Bruce got you here, but we're excited to have yeah, you. Yeah, well, without any yeah. money. Like, yeah. And he'd listen to, to the show. He you must know? be an idiot. And he's heard the show before. <laughs> and he's <laughs> even heard it. I've <laughs> been called an idiot twice in the last two or three days. So. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I, well, I did, I did threaten a few things. But I don't not, know, not man. I think ones. there's some sexual favors going no, on. No, no. He is a good-looking guy, i got to say, but that's you know, hey, I'll not my you. type. I don't go out with guys that are taller than me. I'll give you 20 minutes to cut that. <laughs> we would we were just talking before you arrived. We we're talking about Val's stepdad, who was Charles Bronson. Yeah, and wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's a that's not too many people can say that. <laughs> that's that's a, not really right. That's that's pretty badass. And so, when when, when did your mom get together? Do you know what year? Uh, do you, do you well, know? it was during the Great Escape. Which both my oh dad yeah okay so it was before it was in. after my real dad was David McCallum right from, uh, oh yeah drop what just saw on TV <laughs> Jesus Christ okay yeah. okay okay yeah. this is this is what we have in common you know your dad was David McCallum and your stepdad was Charles Bronson yeah 
And when I was growing up, I saw those. I saw Man from Uncle in those movies. Yeah, I did, was I did too. I did too. So we have yeah. a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot in common. Yeah. I did too. I mean, I was a big Man from Uncle fan. So me you too. know, when I was a kid, I so was you a guys huge must be at show. least five years older than me. We're more because I more. had the lunch pail, but I kind of like missed. Okay, no, I was, we're, I'm we're, 62. We're, well, I think, oh yeah, you're more than uh-huh. you're ten, you're nine years older than me. Yeah. So I but saw he's right older in than there. He's yeah. older than me, <laughs> even though he doesn't look it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that was that show was you know that was groundbreaking. It was amazing. Oh, it was great. Show. I loved that. Oh, it was show. great. Yeah, I loved that show. And then I saw I saw your dad on um, Law and Order. He's been on Law and Order a few times. Yeah, and he and and then of course he's on NCIS and. And, uh, Which is great. It's adding yeah. years to his life. I mean, he's right. eight, how come they don't have any? Old. How come like NCIS doesn't have any like guitar players that die? And shit? <laughs> <laughs> Not you too know, many you, military. You figure he players. would have some influence on it. Get us a gig, man. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Mm. I don't really. know. I mean, what good is having a family if you can't? Use them for influence. Look What's at the, the actress's name that plays on NCIS? <laughs> I, I don't know. I actually don't watch the show. I think he's got an issue with his father. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there's a, no, there's a, there's a really cute girl on that show. I don't. I love my technician. Oh, you like her. Huh? I like her. She's oh, really I know. Cool. She's the, a good the, actress. The, the tattooed sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like her. Are you trying to get a hookup, Scott? No, no, but I just, I like her acting, and I think she's a cool part of the show. You know, absolutely. I can introduce yeah. you to her agent. <laughs> can you get me on the show? Can you get me on NCIS? Oh, I'm sure, man. We can make you like one of the corpses. <laughs> Perfect. That's what, like, that's, we don't even need that's makeup. That's kind of normal. I don't even have to act. That's like that's, Perfect. that's my normal shit. <laughs> Just lay there and do nothing. That's what I do every day. <laughs> lay in bed and do nothing. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Oh, on the Great Escape, that's when they met. That's I think right around that period yeah. when they did the exchange. Wow. Charlie and uh, became new dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Charlie as big a badass in real life as he was in the movies? Absolutely. <laughs> really? <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> oh my he was. god. He was. Well, no he was shit. a you know he was a guy that, that grew up. I mean, he he was a coal miner in Pennsylvania. Uh huh. Like a real tough Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, right guy, and you know, and you know, flew B 17s and in, in the war, mm-hmm. and, you know, he had all these different jobs. He was a lifeguard in Atlantic City and a, a bingo caller, you know, <laughs> wow. short order cook, you know, right? He, you know, hitchhiked across the country a bunch of times, wow. didn't become an actor until he was pretty old. You know, to, well, you what know. was his first break into acting? I, you know, I don't know what the first picture was, but he, it was he had. A, I remember him in the Sandpiper, and he wasn't like one of the stars. He was just yeah. One of the, one was he still Buczynski? Because he changed his name. And I think no, I think it was Bronson. In, in the Sandpiper with with Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was in that he was, movie. And yeah, he was one of the the like the hippie guys that was friends with Elizabeth Taylor that oh, didn't really like was. that didn't like unbelievable. God, I can't I believe I didn't know, know that right. he was. Right. Now I remember that he actually was. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And of course, the, you know, then he came with the big hit, which right. was what the uh, what's the name of that movie? Um, Death Wish. Well, that was the one that sent him into uh-huh. real big time. But I mean, he was in all those classics, like you know, The Great Escape and The Dirty Dozen. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Uh, Magnificent Seven. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, wow. 
And I think he had a yeah. he had a oh, series. Oh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh yeah, really, mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just saw that recently. Wow, that's a Man. good soundtrack. I know, and you're Marconi, right? That music is yeah. so good. Yeah. So did he? What did he say when you went into music? Like when you <laughs> went into guitar playing? Was he? Well, was, he was he supportive of you? Very, yeah. Uh huh. He was. He was really supportive until I was. I mean, he knew. I mean, I, I was started. I started when I was seven years old. And my brother Paul was five years older than me, and you know he. You know, one Christmas they bought us all guitars. There was, you know, me and my three brothers. There was four guitar cases under the Christmas tree, and Paul and I kind of took it up. And um, yeah, he was really into it. He, as I was saying to these guys, he was kind of amazed by anybody that could play an instrument because he loved music. Anybody was really not musical uh -huh. at all, but he just loved, especially country music, and uh -huh. Johnny Cash, and all that kind of stuff. But I remember I was with him in an antique shop, and he pulled up dusty mandolin off the wall and he's like you, you play this you know <laughs> and i you know noodled a few chords on it and he was just like well you know he bought it <laughs> bought it for me immediately when i was a kid Damn. yeah beautiful yeah beautiful. he was he loved it and i you know when i was in high school he actually was the only the one time that he and my mom um said gave me that you've got your all your eggs in one basket thing going on and, um, you know, you should probably try getting a job. So I, I went to Gladstone's for fish where my buddy was, was a sh head of the kitchen and I got a job cooking in there. And then after a couple months, I did it for a summer and they begged me to quit because, you know, if you ever work in a seafood restaurant, oh. it goes into your pores and yeah. you just like stink. And wow. it, like the whole su corner of our house smelled like Gladstone's. Because wow. Is Gladstone's like corner of Sunset and PCH? Yeah, right. exactly. That place. <laughs> that place. I like that place. It's, it's yeah. really good food there. It's pretty good <laughs> and you can it's sit good. outside and feed the seagulls. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow, it really stinks that much when you... I, well, I, I would imagine that. Yeah, I was a kitchen, man. I was a like, fryer, you know, and yeah. boiler and... The, worked the raw bar and made salads and wow yeah I mean I did it I was like man, it, see, it actually made sense to me to actually get a job not because I thought I wasn't going to do music but it was kind of like all right find out what the yeah. of this work things yeah. About. yeah yeah and have some cash yeah yeah not meeting too many women with that on the plate I guess <laughs> I worked at my dad's auto parts store turning brake drums and and and, <laughs> and uh, you know in what do you call them when you the heads. Oh, uh, lave the know, heads, you, machine you the shave heads. them down. It's like shaving frets, only it's wow. a bigger, <laughs> the block? It's a bigger piece of metal. Have you ever yeah. met Jeff Beck? Talked no, him? no. But, well, I've met him, but we never talked about cars. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do have a, you know, like that work thing where your parents say, "Yeah, you should probably work." You know, <laughs> so, like, my dad had a place. So I was like, "Okay, I'll work for you, right?" And then go in there and. Like when I leave that place, it'd be similar because I would just be so covered in filth, just grease, oh, right? Yeah. And you'd have to use that stuff called gunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. nasty to, to, yeah. to get the, get the yeah. smell like oranges. Or get something? the yeah, yeah. yeah something. Yeah. But just to get the grease and under your fingernails, <laughs> there's oh, no way you could get that out. No, it's no. Flat. <laughs> yeah. It's a good uh, encouragement to get well, better on your instrument. Well, it's good, yeah, because it makes you think, well, I don't really don't want to Jeez. do this for the rest of my life, so I better practice. No kidding. <laughs> Man. So did, yeah. did you make a conscious decision, right, I'm going to go. Oh, I knew the minute I started playing. Yeah? Wow. I, I was obsessed, yeah, yeah, when I was seven years old. Yeah. Who were your main 
influences like when oh, you first started listening to music? Just Beatles and mm-hmm. Beatles and Stones and you know that was you know I remember my mom listened to Harry Nilsson a lot. So it's that that kind of thing. And um, for yeah, for those of you who don't know, his mom is Jill Ireland, who was also another an actress. actress, an actor, yeah, an actress, an and actress. Uh, very very. Beautiful, popular. Her woman. name is really familiar to me, but I don't know what I've seen her in. Yeah, well, she was, was in a lot of movies TV, with Charlie. Yeah, and a lot of those TV kind of like shows. She was on TV shows. She was actually in a like very a nurse cool, or something like. Well, if I remember something like. If that. you guys like Star Trek, she was in the, the episode called The Spores, which was the one where Spock falls in love. Yeah. Um, they, he goes to this planet. I remember that. And they've got these like pods, and there's all these sure. beautiful women walking around. Sure. And this, the pods open up and like squirt him in the face, and he just, like and you'd hear falls the music. in love and ah, he has emotion. Da, 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 exactly da, da, da. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that might have yeah. been the theme. Yeah, I know. But that. and it, and it infuriated Kirk because all of a sudden Spock like had emotions and like no no uh, Jim I, I'm going to stay here and he didn't right. want to come back and and Kirk figured out the only way to bring him out of this spell that my mom had kind of got him under was to uh, you know like be really nasty to him to piss him off and say something horrible to him and he said you belong in a circus Spock right next to the dog face boy yeah. that was the line and then Spock got mad and kind of snapped yeah. out of it which they actually <laughs> kind of used that in in um, the new Star Trek movie with Chris Pine and where where Spock has to be uh, somehow Spock is the commander of the ship and Jim has to piss him off enough really to to get him out, to, to, to break him emotionally yeah. so that he gives over command to, to, to Kirk. Right. And that's in that new movie yeah. that's directed by, um, you know, my, my favorite director. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> smart. I'm so smart. Yeah, but I remember your mom in a lot of, it's like cop TV shows and stuff like that, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Something like that. Too much TV. Um, she was in. Uh, she was in a series called Shane for a while with David Carradine. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't last long. But uh, I remember that though. She did that, and um, and a, just a ton of movies with Charlie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She was so like the, the, you know, the love interest in a bunch of the movies. So we would all travel as a family. Me and, uh, you know, my siblings and my mom and her. 20 pieces of Louis Vuitton luggage and three dogs and <laughs> all of us like to south of France to Spain or, you know every year yeah actually the, I, I learned how to play guitar without a pick in for I was in three months in Zermatt Switzerland for three months and didn't have a guitar pick and it was probably the best thing that happened to me as a player when I was like 13 years old because I I had to use my hand <laughs> you know and it really it, that one really paid off. I was wow, like, what did I cool. give for a damn pick, right? <laughs> yeah, right. No one told you about cutting up a credit card. or uh, Yeah. I think I tried or that. Or using, using like a quarter, it. you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's an interesting upbringing. That's uh, a little, little out of the norm. That's for sure. Yeah. It was different. Just like the rest of us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Not. <laughs> did, did you... You never wanted to go into that field, into that side of entertainment? I didn't. My mom wanted me to, and I remember I went to, I met with a casting agent because she really wanted me to, and I thought, oh, you know, I'd go check it out. And I went, and within talking to her, 
I shouldn't say this now, but the woman was like, well, first thing, you have to go to a speech therapist because you have a lisp, which, you know, I'm an expert at. Can you hear it? <laughs> no. <laughs> if she says so, it must be true. <laughs> well, I just didn't hear another word after that. I was like, okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, my daughter, 13, and she's been doing, uh, you know, uh, auditions for commercials for a long time. And man, talk about a lot of driving and, and not much in the way of work. It's a, so mm. hard to get work. So hard. And you see the same people at the auditions and oh. you just go. And, you know, for kids, it's just like a lot of times they don't even say lines. They just go in there and, and they ask you, well, what's your dog's name? Because they just want to get them on film. What's yeah. your dog's name? My dog's name's Buster. Blah, blah, blah. You know, what school do you go to? Blah, blah, blah. And then they're just looking for an image. They're looking for, okay, this is the right face or this is not the right face. And then just time and time and time and time again and nothing. Yeah. So, you know, and I know a few actresses and actors and they're always telling me the same thing. Like, tough. this is a tough, tough business, even probably more than music. Yeah. Just a lot of, lot of actors and not enough gigs. At it's least the at the end of the day, music. you're having a shitty day. You can pick up your guitar and you, you can blow yeah. eight hours in your bedroom yeah. or whatever. You can't really do that as an actor unless you... Well, I guess you can just... Stand there in your monologues room and, in and your mirror. Monologue. One person monologue. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure you do. In the shower, in the car. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> oh. You know, it's bad when the, the actor gets a gig and then believes that they are capable of doing what they're what their gig is like my dad actually believes that he's a doctor in real life <laughs> really yeah and he's really well, he's smart and he reads a lot you know so he does know a lot of shit you know yeah. right but you know i mean he would seriously like well a coroner like your patients you him- <laughs> the one thing about being a coroner <laughs> yeah and i i mean i ain't no doctor but i know this hmm. Your patients don't complain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I it's just... It's a bit of a dead-end job, get, isn't it? Well, yeah. you know, but they keep coming. Every People are dying in, to get into that. Well, thing. he's yeah. one of the few guys that's <laughs> had that, that... The only other lady I can think of who's had such a gig is the girl, the, the woman that plays the coroner on Law & Order because she's the coroner not only on Law & Order but on Law & Order Criminal Intent and Law & Order Special Victims. So she's, and she's... The corner on all three shows. So yeah, she's, she's learned had a lot. This gig for like I don't know twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> so no, her and your dad are like the big coroners on yeah. on TV. <laughs> so there you like, go. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's you, great, man. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, he's really Holy good at what shit, he does. Man. He's he's a yeah. Pro. He's a great actor. He's he was he amazing. was uh, Judas in the greatest story ever told. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. He's had some good. He's done some part. big stuff. Well, he yeah. had an amazing early career, and then he had a long stretch with like nothing, you know. And um, I think it was a little bit of typecast Gilligan syndrome, you know. Mm. Yeah, when, familiar Kuryakin. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Did, and did he, he was ever, the only guy I ever heard speak Russian besides <laughs> Boris and Natasha. He can do yeah, it right. too, man. He does an awesome. Like he can do a bow rat impression. Yeah. And he can, oh wow. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know he's doing it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's seen bow rat. But yeah. Boy, do I love that movie. Oh. Oh, it's one so of my good. favorite movies Brilliant. of all time. It's so yeah. good. the best. Um, did did he ever mention uh, anything about the new Man from Uncle movie? Did did he? We like went and it saw or, it together. Really? Did yeah. he like it? Um, I think he did. Uh-huh. I, think, I don't remember that well. We sat. I sat with him. 
it was the weird thing about that movie was the woman in it looked just like my mom, his his first wife. So I remember when she came on screen, I just looked at him and he looked at me like, "What the hell?" You know, wow. it was really weird. Um, but yeah, I think he he liked it, but he appreciated it for what it you know it, it accomplished something. But you know. Yeah, because unlike the Mission Impossible movies, it kind of stayed a little more true to the yeah. to the real. Because you know, like when the Mission Impossible movie came out with Tom Cruise, everybody was going, "What the fuck? This yeah. is bullshit. This isn't Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> this is Mission Tom Cruise ego trip." Exactly. You know what I mean? This it wasn't not, retro at all. No, it was. It had nothing to do with the original series. Yeah. How they all worked together as a team yeah. to con whoever they were going to con, and this was like, "Here, I'm Tom Cruise. I've got pecs and I've got big muscles." And I'm, you know, it's like, fuck you, Tom Cruise. You're not, this, this is not Michigan He also Impossible. has one big tooth right in the middle. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that. I mean, I, don't, I always found that peculiar. Like his two big front teeth are kind of off and one's right in the middle. Oh, that, just, that movie pissed me off. You know, really? I, can't, I was couldn't possibly to, tell. I was expecting to see the real Mission Impossible. You know, and right. that's that's why when I saw Man from Uncle, I was like, well, at least they're was that Peter Graves being yeah, the original, the original, yeah. the original Peter Graves, yeah. Martin like Balsam, and, yeah, and the guy who won the wonderful actor, oh my God, Martin Balsam. Martin Landau, who's one of my well, favorite, Landau, right? one Martin of my Landau, favorite right? actors in the world, who was in Ed Wood. Remember yeah. him and Ed Wood? I don't. He played he played Bella Lugosi yeah. in Ed Wood, and he won. An award. He won an Academy oh, Award as best supporting actor. Oh, you know, he was a great actor. He was so awesome, man. He was so awesome. That's a great movie, Ed Wood. If you haven't seen it, is that, who is the star of that? Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp. Johnny right. Depp stars as the worst producer or the worst director in the world. He directed uh-huh. Plan Nine from Outer Space and Glenn or Glinda and all these just terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. And he, and his thing was the uh, his his uh, his kind of like. Uh, quote or what do you call it his 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 um catchphrase catchphrase was uh this is the one i'll be remembered for and that's what i say every time i'll make an album this is or, the or one play, I'll be remembered for or, it's a piece of shit or play uh, you know i mean you'll I, be remembered I, for it all right when, you know when someone i told somebody the other day it was an interview and you know i told them i was honest i said you know i don't like any of my albums you know like, they're like they, they were like, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about and it. I, and I said to him, I said, but no, it's not really because it gives me the hope that I'll, the next one will be yeah. good. You know, if I had made a good record, maybe I'd quit. Yeah. Well, you know, but now I got something to strive for. I'm still having <laughs> really. Yeah. You haven't. But you, you, did you love it one while you were making it? Like, or did you just eventually not like it? <laughs> kind of yes. Well, that's good. <laughs> yes. See, no, no, no. I mean, there there are things about <laughs> it that I like still, but in general, I'm, they're more cringeworthy than a love fest yeah. when, you know, my, mm-hmm. when I think about them. Well, see, I still like my last record, but this, but it's only been like six months. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, so give it another year, and I'll hate it for sure. You know, there's <laughs> well, let's no put doubt it, about Let's put it yeah. on and watch them cringe. <laughs> yeah, I'll be cringing if you put it on. Wow, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I can understand cringing if there's someone else in the room while you're listening to yourself. 
But but I mean, I, I wouldn't be listening to myself if I was alone because <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one could make me. <laughs> yeah, yes, me too. It's like you put your out your own albums on and listen to them. Fuck hell no! no I, had, I mean, I, by the time they come out, I've listened to them so many times in the mix and in yeah, the, yeah. and picking the tracks and having played it in the first place that I'm done. And you know, and of course, it's just it's never lives up to my hopes and expectations. Mm. And so that's, but I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing because it makes me want to make another mm -hmm. to do better. Mm. I don't see it as a really bad thing. You know, I know I did the best I could. I know it's not bad. I mean, I listen to other music. It, it, it belongs on earth, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if, if just to make other musicians feel better, you know? <laughs> it belongs on earth. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's more than I can say for a lot of people I know, okay? Oh, boy. Tell me about that. Oh, that's great. Wow. You know what I did? It was just a weird thing about a year ago. I was just, I decided to listen to all the Tribal Tech catalog. Just to listen to it in, in the car anytime I'm going to drive, right? Most of it I fucking hated, but there were some good a few really good things that I really liked. Yeah, like moments that you about, just, whoa. I'd yeah. say about a fifth of it. I could say, like, I'm really glad that, that this is a great tune. I really You're like glad this. That's it's good. I'm glad that it's on the earth. <laughs> you should the other four-fifths of it, I was, like, so embarrassed. Flush Like, it. oh, my God, flush this in the toilet. What was your record? Was it Red House Blues or something? What was your, do you have one what? called Red House? Mm -mm. No. Tore Down House? Tore Down House. Tore Down House. You should yeah. love that. Well, I don't know. I, it's, it's been so a long time, man. Long it's time. really good. Right? A long time ago. It's really oh. good. The one I really like on that one is I Hate You, just because, oh, yeah, that's a great because, the, because <laughs> the singers sang it in one take, and the lyrics are just so incredibly horrible, you know, and funny. <laughs> And, and dirty and they and they didn't and I thought for sure they're gonna crack up laughing and they did it in the first take perfect and mm. I was like I can't believe you gotta it. Love that. they didn't break up laughing they didn't you know they just killed it killed it it was a good like, track wow I that's wore amazing. out that record that's amazing did, well how many albums have you've You've released a bunch of stuff. No, not really. Uh, I've I've only released one solo album. Right. Yeah. I well, mean, I released a whole bunch of Jack Shit records, but those are, you know. <laughs> tell us about Jack well, tell Shit. Tell us Jack about Jack Shit, shit yeah. because that's like well, the best name ever. <laughs> Jack Shit. <laughs> or, like a guitar wank. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of does, brother does belong. <laughs> we have a lot in common right there. Uh, guitar yeah. wank, Jack, Jack Shit. shit. Right. I tried to tell my nine-year-old where I was going. I'm going to a, a pod to do a podcast with some really amazing guitar players, <laughs> friends. Oh really? What's it? What is it? What's it called? <laughs> uh, Never good. mind, honey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. But, uh, well, <laughs> no, Jack shit are are three fictitious characters from a town called Cocktoten, or Cocktoten, the Indian uh, <laughs> town. It's which is ninety miles south of Bakersfield, and um, there's on lead guitar is Bo shit and. We're just thrilled to be here in Hollywood playing for you nice people on at Maccabee's Guitar Store on Pico Boulevard. <laughs> and, you know, everywhere they play is Hollywood, whether it's Hollywood, or, you know, you know, it's all like, you know, swimming pools and movie stars to these guys, you know. Right. And, uh, and what's the other guy's name? Uh, it's uh, on the drums is piece of shit, and uh, and on the bass guitar is shorty shit. And I see all you gals are staring at Shorty's beautiful cock, so, because he's got he's got a, a chicken on his hat, and it's 
uh, we call that his glistening cock because <laughs> it's encrusted with many you know God, di diamonds is, and this is too weird and, because in, I also have a uh, uh, a comedy cowboy band cowboy yes and we also we, we also we should do a double bill they because should. we have a uh, we have a chicken on top of our base which is a cock. You know, which we have which the same jokes you're probably using. You can talk and we, we, we like to ask the question, what came first, the chicken or the base? Because <laughs> 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 yeah. he lives on top of the scroll, you know. Yeah, drum stop, very bad. You and know? you've got yeah. something going on with a symbol on the drums. What, what yeah, is that? Yeah, well, the symbol is like on, we have a deer antlers mounted. Oh, right, on, deer on antlers the, mounted, mounted on, on the bass drum. And there's a, <laughs> it's a cymbal stand. <laughs> I like that. That's great. So, wow. so how long's Jack shit been going for? We've been going for like twenty years. They, wow, they, they beat us. We're only fifteen. Wow, yeah. Awesome. And we're it, new, and it come band. out of what? Like it what came th out of um, pure frustration. The Ali McBeal show. Oh, okay. We were mm -hmm. playing, doing the music with. We played with Vonda Shepherd. Yeah, Vonda Shepherd's band. Um, that Mike Landau played with. That's right. See, yeah. Mike Landau recommended me for lots of gigs. He'd have a girlfriend, and then he'd break up, and he'd call me. And, and Mike come Landau in. used to date Vonda Shepard, <laughs> That's right? right. That's right. And before okay. that was China Phillips. And oh, so that's how you get all the gigs. You just get his reject girlfriend yeah, Exactly. <laughs> That's really that's really a cool a cool that's a very good concept. that's a very good yeah. professional strategy. That's a really good I gotta strategy. that reminds me I gotta hang around with Donald Trump. No, I get his great. girlfriends. No, no, yeah. that's not gonna work. No, I remember yeah. when Mike was going out with Vonda. I remember yeah. that. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, I've been good buddies with Mike a long time, uh -huh. and um, it did sort of work like that. And then you know he was Mike would call me for things, which was so cool. Uh, things that I would get really scared to do, like the VH1 honors, you know, backing up Peter Gabriel, and you know, like, uh, you know, I'd be screaming no to say no to the phone call, <laughs> but because I'm not a music reader, you know, and uh, you know, so but neither when, really is Mike. I mean, he just no, hears it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I just I was obsessed with Mike before I became friends with him. You know, well, he's a great player. Just man. always he's been, one of my favorite players. Yeah, I mean, he's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've been following him for a really long time, and any opportunity to just learn something that he mm -hmm. did, you know, mm -hmm. I've taken gigs just so that I can learn who the, what the guy did before, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I've been a Mike fan for forever. You know, since a long time. I used to go see the Raging Honkies all the time. God, was that good? Yeah, that was burning a great water band. And, and yeah. you know, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish he was a textural Not too many guys just, like him. Yeah. Well, they don't know any better. I mean, Mike is one of the... He's Joe Zawinul on the guitar. Right. And he's like... He's so textural. Yeah. Everything that he does. What I like about him is that every sound that he gets influence, influences him to play some different shit. Yeah. He doesn't just play the guitar, he plays tones. Yeah. And it's And different, uh, it's not typical shit, voicings. Man. No. Yeah. He, he, and when he plays player, pop man. music, yeah. his voicings are like, wow, this yeah. is so cool and very easy to figure out. Yeah. He's just he's a, a great, great overall learning. musician. You know, all that, all that Wilson greats. Phillips stuff, to, like obviously you, yeah. had to, you learned as well, but it was so fun working that stuff out because it was just like, man, it's... it's he made it just awesome. Yeah, he, just what he does in pop music is yeah. hip. Mm -hmm. He yeah. can manage to like, wow, there's, nobody else was doing that, mm -hmm. you know? He's, he's amazing. How long were you doing mm. the, the, the show with Vonda? We did it for the whole run. I, it was, I played with Vonda before she got the show, right. when, when Mike broke up with her. Because <laughs> uh, I really liked her, you know? Uh -huh. I thought she, you know, I, I don't, didn't care for the way she tried really hard to be like an R&B singer. She, she took that a little too far. But she was a really good singer and really professional. 
So I, you know, I really enjoyed playing with her. And I played with her before she, you know, she couldn't get arrested. We were trying to get a record deal for her and it wasn't happening. And then um, she hooked, was friends with Michelle Pfeiffer, who was married to David Kelly, who wrote the show, uh, Ally McBeal. And you know, she got an audition for the show, which I did with her, and we got the gig. And, and she knew how to keep a good band as well as anybody, so she got me and um, the band singing on everything, so I was getting paid through SAG, and oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. And it lasted mm -hmm. about eight years, I think. Wow, yeah. great gig. It was a great really gig. gig. And is she still popular? I don't know. She's her. really popular in uh -huh. Europe because of that show, because it was so big uh -huh. in Germany. So she tours in Europe and stuff? Yeah, well, yeah. she still tours. Good. Behind that. Although she kind of, Whoops, she sorry. didn't really, she could have, she should have been bigger, because she, she kind of, she was a really good pop singer and she, she needed to make a, a commercial sounding record, which she didn't do. She, she really wanted to make creative artistic records mm -hmm. and that's what she did, you know. But uh, I kind of was wishing that she would make something like a, a Christina Aguilera record or something. Uh -huh. Right, just know, take her know. over the she top. She could have gone right. into that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, um, Mike mixed two of my records. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he mixed well to the bone and my live album. He's a good engineer, yeah, isn't he? Super great engineer. Wow. And it was really, I learned a lot from watching him work. You know, just from. Well, and I was, it was a little embarrassing because he had to listen to me play guitar over and over and over. And I'm just like, don't. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure he loves that. Why are you listening to me right now? You know, stop yeah, really, it. Really. <laughs> so he goes, Scotty, that was awesome, dude. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> my God, character. <laughs> Scotty. Did he ever make you. make it sound sweet. Did man. he ever make you crossfire with him? Like in the back alley? <laughs> Do what? <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, if you get have drinks with Michael, you oh, know. Well, well, he can hang on that. Oh boy, Mike, he goes yeah, into you a, know, he Mikey goes to a different. <laughs> Who saw Mike at one of my parties when Mike was just gone? Yeah, he was. Oh, he, yeah. Was, he, he was. He was really lit, gone. Man. No, he's bad. I mean, I've, I mean, he's he's great now. I think he's he's fine. But um, yeah, <laughs> don't already, don't crossfire if he says, you you "Dude, let's crossfire." Is one of my favorite stories is Mike said, Mike said, uh, Scotty, can you, it was at Lavalie at this club where I was playing and he was going to sit in and, um, and he said, Scotty, can you check this battery and see if it's okay? And you know, it's a nine volt. Yep. And I just, you know, and I said, yeah, it's okay. And he just said, I just put that on my ball. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll be like, I got something in my pocket for you. And then he's got a hole in his pocket and out comes. Yeah. 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 Back, I tried to, back when he, he got really wasted one time and I was trying to introduce him to a waitress named Vivica at, the, at Lavalie. And he was standing there with his <laughs> um, next to the bar, you know, just standing there. And his hanging out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and Vivica just came over to me and said, I don't know, Scott, I don't think I want to date. <laughs> He's really I, cool though. It's like, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> like, what? You, what, you, what, 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 you know. He's the, the problem. He's the best guy ever, though. He's the Trust best, man. Mike, he's awesome. He is the best. He sounds like he's got a wicked sense of humor. Oh, he's so he's great. So I love that. I adore him. I love that. So, before, like growing up, did you, you got into the studio world, right? More of the session kind of stuff? Was that. Um, well, I, I don't think I've ever considered myself a session player, but right. I've kind of, you know, found myself doing a fair amount of it over the years, you yeah. know. Um, I worked with Mitchell Froome a lot in the 90s, who worked with Chad Blake, made kind of 
a lot of European records, and but you know we did like Joan Osborne and some Cheryl yep. Crow stuff, and so I'd find myself or Randy Newman. I mean, I found myself in sessions where you know, I mean, I my, I seriously do not like read the kind of music that you need to to do a Randy Newman session, you know, <laughs> but um, where George Deering is the other guitar player, you know, but you know Mitchell would prepare the artist for <laughs> that. He, now he just he's a, does his thing, just let him just you know. But, you know, Randy Newman's always got a copyist, you know, there yeah. who's written the chart and comes over well, and George like, oh, just great. nails it, so it's like no Oh, that's, yeah. That's so going to be hell on, scary. On, on albums and, and, you know, artistic stuff, not like sessions where, like, commercials and no, stuff like right. that. No, right. Just for people, yeah, for real for people. Yeah, for artists. Yeah. Because right. yeah. like, I don't really consider that session. That's right. It's more that's like... You're working for artists. Exactly. It's, it's right. more like a creative it's a record thing. Date. Yeah. It's a record date. Because when someone says sessions to me, I'm thinking Pontiac commercial. Yeah, right. Right? And right, it's where right. you just go read the notes and just no, like I've a never been Desco that. thing. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, where that's clearly not or, what you're, you're or, doing. Or like movie dates where George Deering and Dean Parks go and, right. Yeah, and right. they just read the shit down perfect. Well, the the and, thing I did with Randy Newman, actually, yeah. Jack Shit did the session. And the jack shit is Pete Thomas and Davy Farragher, who are um, Elvis Costello's rhythm section. And Pete Thomas is great; they're great musicians. But uh, we went and we and we we did the song that won movie uh, won the Academy Award for Song of the Year, like the first one that he uh, that Randy actually won. He's like been nominated for tons and never wins. But the, Jack shit brought it home for him. What was but that? Uh, George Deering came in and played on the the session and. And there was a ton of changes. It wasn't a hard song, you know, but there was a lot of changes. And I, he came in in kind of like Sean Spicoli kind of fashion, like he definitely had, you know, and uh, sat down and I just, it was so neat to watch him just kind of like zero in on this little sort of tricky bit. And then he overdubbed his thing, you know, just like. I don't boom. know George Deering. I, oh, I don't know yeah. him. Oh man! Is, wow. He's a studio guy here in L.A. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like probably Parks. the most recorded guy. No that shit! You don't I don't know even about. know about yeah. him. Wow. Him and Dean. Well, Dean, Dean does a lot of stuff too. But I George think they do a lot a together. Shitload, a shitload of right. And and George's thing is he can play any thing with strings. You need bazooki. You need mando cello. You need Does mandolin, he have a band? You need, he plays mandolin. In? Yes. You haven't heard them. No. Oh man, he's got this band Viva called Cantina. the Brombies. They play every Monday night at Viva Cantina. It's one of the best bluegrass bands you'll ever hear in your life. Wow. It's got Patrick Sauber on on banjo, hmm. and and it's just and he just plays mando. He just plays mandolin on that. No wow. shit. That's his. That's his love. His I love is that. bluegrass oh, I like that. chop yeah. mandolin, or he does he yeah. blow on that too? Oh yeah, really? <laughs> oh yeah. No shit. He plays man, I great see on that. the man, and they all sing three-part harmony on everything. Wow. And oh, it's in an it. extensive repertoire, extensive, and they're they're just it's it's mind-boggling how great it is. Wow, it's, and it's pretty that. much every Monday night. Is it kind of like I remember the last time I saw something like that was David Grissom, and it was really Grisman, good. David Grisman. It's different. This is uh -huh. more like real bluegrass. Real bluegrass. David Grisman okay. is kind of like dog music. He calls it, which is a sort of a jazz bluegrass. Hybrid, mm -hmm. which is good. Uh, this is this is a lot closer to bluegrass mm -hmm. than that. Cool. And his wife is in the band, and his wife's the singer. The singer yeah. and he's one of the main singers, and Patrick's one of the main singers. Mm. And they got a great uh, Tom Plotnick, I guess, is the guy. John Plotnick is the, is, is the Where guitar is player, flat top I've, I've guitar player, mm -hmm. and a bass wow. player. And it's 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 slammingly great. Well, I gotta go see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They call the Brumbies. The right? Brumbies. The Brumbies. The Brumbies. You know about that. You're in Australia. You don't even night. know about that, do you? What? 
Bromby. You know what a Bromby is? I thought you you're said, Australian. Yeah. Do you know what that is? You don't. A Bromby, a wild horse. Yes. Yeah. Dry but you're wild. saying it funny. Bromby. Bromby. We call them. <laughs> and now I can't think what we call them because I'm Brombies. hearing what you call them. It's Man from Snowy River, man. Yeah, let's go on a date. I saw that. Man from Snowy River. Come on. Brombies. We call them Brombies, not Brombies. Brumbies. Brumby? Brum. Brum. You have, you have a U in it? Yeah, we have a U. What do you got? He calls it Brumbies. Oh, i got to talk to him. Okay. <laughs> i got to sort guys, him out. Yeah, okay. The Brumbies. Wow. I'll go sort All right. him out. So, that sounds okay. fantastic. So, I didn't know anything about that. Now, That's great, yeah. Val, tell us, I heard this you, on one of the shows that I saw you on, the, the Harry Nilsson story, because I was a huge Harry Nilsson fan. Oh, yeah. How Me did too. that? How would that come <coughs> about? Who's Harry Nilsson? Oh. I can't live if living oh. is without you. Okay. That, well, that was his uh, that, that Academy tells, Award that winning song. That tells me everything I need to know uh, right there. But he also wrote, One is the loneliest number oh, that you know. Oh, no shit. Okay. And um, he wrote some really cool oh. songs. Um, he was like uh, a good buddy of John Lennon's. and mm-hmm. um, An amazing guy, actually. Um, my a buddy I went to high school with, um, his dad was Ringo Starr and Harry's lawyer. And I used to just sort of hang out at this guy's house. My buddy would play tennis and stuff. And, and my buddy's mom, mom was like, Harry came over one day and she, she said, Harry, let, let Val play on one of your records, you know. Like, <laughs> I was like 20 years old. And he was like, oh, you know, don't make me do that to the kid, you know. And I, you know, ran out to my car and grabbed my Strat and like binked a few riffs yeah. in front of him and he's like well what are you doing next thursday you know and uh i went down and played on a session with him and um ended up on a on a yoko ono album it was, it was quite a and then i ended up like wow. hanging out with him for like a summer now, he was a big partier right huh was he a big yes, party guy he was he it enjoyed was, the party. yeah there was that was going on too yeah but he was just like he kind of like acted like a mentor for you know in a way like he wow. just wanted to hit me to music and have me in a studio and, mm, and play cool. music together yeah it was really good there's an amazing documentary on harry yeah have you seen that i have yeah, yeah. i don't very, know if it's it I, heartbreaking i mean i yeah i was very i was very close with him i mean in a very short period of time but i really really adored him but just at the the peak there i mean the Beatles, everyone just wanted to work with him and hang out with him. He was like this unknown yeah. songwriter that just had all these amazing songs. Yeah, and the greatest voice. Yeah, the four, oh, four what a voice. You know, he was known for, you put the lime in the coconut. Jeez, yeah, lots of hits. He did cool Yeah, shit. kind yeah. of obscure, almost. Yeah. You know, and remember The Point? Yeah. The, the cartoon, The Point, with me and my arrow. and. I think he sang the song on Courtship to Betty's Father. People, let me tell you about sure. my yeah. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. him. Yeah, well, yeah that, yeah, that oh, kind sure. of yeah. that interesting, quirky kind of voice. Not quite John Sebastian, but yeah, very in that a quirky world. in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Could kind of crack it, wow. you know. What a trip! And, and you say so you got to hang out with him. Well, yeah. So I did. I got to play with him on that first that session for this Yoko Ono album. It was like I was scared to death. You know, I hadn't really done anything in a studio. I'd done a few things, but nothing like this, you know. And uh, the producer was like just high on blow, and you know, I, ha- I set up my amp, and I, you know, I had a little Jim Kelly amp and a Strat, 
and uh, and he, the producer was like mad because Harry canceled the guitar player who was a guy named Steve Carnelli, who I guess was like a, a studio guy, and, you know, so that I could be the guy. And it was Jim Keltner and Randy Kerber and these amazing musicians. And the, the producer got in my face, I'll never forget, and he just looked at me and he said, what are you doing here? And then he said, what are you going to do? Like, he just thought, because I was like a skateboarder, you know. Like, <laughs> I think I had a headband on and, you know, um, looked like something out of a Dogtown movie. Or, and, I just, and I was just like, and I remember I said, and Harry was like, well, there was a song that needed a solo. And, and I, I said, well, just, you know, let me, let me take a solo. And I got it, like, in the first take, and Harry was super proud. Mm -hmm. It was a great moment. That's awesome. That's yeah, cool. it was really what a, great. I mean, yeah. were you crazy nervous or you just No, it was like it was really like just perfect. It was really easy. It was kind of a just wanted like a Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of blues thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it was you know, I actually heard it recently and it wasn't that good. But, <laughs> but the tone was terrible, actually. But, <laughs> but, but, but in my mind, other than the tone of the amazing. time and the notes, it was really, <laughs> really was great. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was really skinny. As long as you believed it was good at the moment, that's right. all. Well, that well, everybody liked it. It wasn't yeah. that bad, but I mean, no, I'm but a I stickler mean, for that shit now. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but a lot of it's like, you know, we, we sit and we, we idolize certain things and remember certain things, and we forget how it all just kind of came about just somebody fucking having to deal with whatever you had at the moment making it work right. and then somebody's right. like spends the next 30 years trying to figure out what it was and it's really mm. just some piece of shit that sounded like crap you <laughs> know what really i mean really good when you realize that i know it's but like, it's really true i hate to say it but it's really true it i mean we we're all here trying to like get analog sound which is really just a bunch of distorted his you know poorly recorded yeah shit, but we want it to sound like that you know <laughs> And we got this million-dollar digital yeah. interface, and we're trying to turn it into but it always, 1940s crap-sounding shit. Why does it have to change? It's like, <laughs> I get a good tone, and then I, the, the next gig I do, I'm bringing the same shit, because I mean, we don't want that tone again. And then it won't be the same. Right. And it's like, oh, crap. No, you can't believe how, how many times we've talked about that, you know, oh, being on the road from you know, night to night. He obviously can't. really doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, right, right. You know, how many times <laughs> oh. we've talked about it. Just you're like, out. It's, you're the out. The thing that you're chasing, you know, to make you play good. And then the next night it happens, and the next night it doesn't. How can it sound it so good and, and then so bad? Because the room. Yeah, because because the room. But in the same room. No, I played no, the baked the potato room, the constantly. Of people. Oh, but if, yeah, but wait a minute. If yeah, that's different. I have had the, some of the worst sound, and then some of the greatest sound with the same stuff. It's right. a really weird thing. Well, yeah, at the baked uh, potato. Is it gained, maybe it's petals. It's no, you know, baked potatoes well, is a funny room because the amount of people that are in there. Can really change the way it sounds. Yeah. I played the baked potato so many involved, times. There is a sound system involved. We're know? always jack shit's pretty and, packed in there. Yeah. Yeah, but you, and you guys play super loud, so the we sound system is not really that impactful. You know what? You, the the thing with us is that it's usually about how loud the rhythm section's playing because sometimes they're really loud and sometimes they're not. So when they're loud and I got to push, then it's, everything changes. Yeah. If it's dynamic, yeah. it's yeah. great. Yeah. What what are you using yeah, nowadays? The jack I use a Dumble, the deluxe reverb that's been modified by Dumble. Right. And How long you had that? I've had that like four years. Yeah. You like it? I love it. Yeah. It changed my life. Wow. I gotta say, it's Ooh. a weird thing. Although, you know, I don't. I didn't want to like it. I wanted to throw it in the river. 
because of the way I had to, what I had to do to get it. It took a lot of years and a lot of very strange interactions with Alexander, who I think is a nice man, but he's, it was difficult. Right. I mean, unbelievably difficult. <laughs> um, and when I finally got the amp, which actually isn't the amp that I got, it's like, you're, it's a complicated thing, this Dumble thing, but... Uh, Believe me. Uh, yeah. I know, Scott, Scott used to hang I know with yeah. really well. Oh, okay. So. Do you have Dumble amps? Uh, uh, I had Can a bandmaster. <laughs> yeah, I had a bandmaster that he, when he was doing the same mods to your deluxe, he was doing yeah. the same mod to the bandmaster, putting the ultraphonics in it. And I had a bandmaster for years, and finally I sold it to some guy in Germany for like a ridiculous amount yeah. of money. And I got something that I like. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, well, you know, but it was just. I actually didn't use my Dumble at my last baked potato gig. I used a Ampeg V. It's got four oh, tens. The jet? No, 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 it's the, got four tens. Yeah. It's a set 1970 V 40 or something. It's like a weird amp. Way too loud for the room. But it sounded so good. So then I was kind of like, oh, good. Maybe I don't need to stumble after it. Like, I don't, because I, I sort of felt like I could not play without it. So it really changed, especially if it's mic'd in, like, a big place. That, that little dumble mic'd in a hall. I mean, it just uh, sounds incredible. You know, I can just tell. I can feel I can feel it. But, uh, yeah, I use that in combination with another. Like, I have a, a different tweed amps. I like a Tweed, I have a yeah. Tweed Bandmaster that I really like for when I play with Jackson. I play with Jackson Brown. Are you, you doing that gig? Oh, so yeah. you play with Jackson Brown? Yeah. So you know that his brother was Alexander's landlord. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so and the way I got you know my that amp. Whole story. The way I finally got my amp after seven years of being told that I carry a spore. When I, last time you came over, Val, you made me really ill, and you know you were carrying something. So that's your amp's not going to be ready for a while. And one time I came over, and uh, oh, you know that last email. <laughs> one spore or lots of. Spores? I hate to do this, but that I good. love the guy. But it would. No, uh, come on, this is great shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then one time, okay, so he told me to buy a Fender Basement amp. I can't imagine he listens to this show. Alex, you know I love you, but I got to I got to share this. I got to <laughs> And I so I buy this amp on eBay. He says he it's like a 64 Blackface Fender Basement amp. I said bring it to him. He's like perfect. He calls me up a week later. He's like, "You know that amp you bought me?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, you know that that when you open up in the chassis of these amps, there's white powder." And I'm like, "No, I don't know anything about amplifiers." And he's like, "Well, so you've never touched the white powder? And I'm like, no, definitely not. He says, well, I happen to get some on my fingers, and my fingers are not, now I have no feeling in my fingers, so this is going to hold back the project for, you know. So that was one of the things. And then, <laughs> then there was... I'm really not Why didn't he snort it instead of then, touch it? And then there was another one where he... I can't believe uh, an email I sent like corrupted his whole email system. Like his... Well, you know what happened with... Uh, with um, the fight between him and Jackson Brown's brother was mainly about Jackson Brown's brother uh, renting out the property to movies, and the movie people would come over, and for the lights, they would run generators, run off diesel fuel, yeah, yeah. and the diesel fuel apparently would just make him really sick because he'd be... And that I can yeah. totally understand, because if diesel fuel's around, well, he seemed to Fuse. be really susceptible to it, and he would be inhaling... 
diesel fuel throughout the set yeah. and throughout the whole yeah. time period. His cardiovascular, so he's not healthy. He's no, not, and he so would just freak. And <laughs> that's why he ended up finally moving to Sunland yeah. to get out of there because they kept renting it out to movies. And, and Well, the way yeah. I got the amp is like the silliest thing because I've been playing with Jackson on and off for like 20 years now. And I knew that because I was, I was on the road with Michelle Branch because... Again, Michael Landau recommended yeah, that. Uh, well, uh, that's, I think that's, yeah, Michael Landau or Teddy Landau. Teddy married. That's what Teddy I saw, married. Right? Yeah. Right. And Teddy's like, you got to get a dumbbell lamp and I'll hook you up. you got to have to make a new appointment. So he made me an appointment. I went, and, you know, so like seven years later, I still don't have the amp. And so I, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I hear, well, Dean Parks has got nine years and he doesn't have, you know, like, the euro's still okay. You know, like, I'm like, I'm okay, but I'm really upset. You know, yeah. because, you know, I paid the initial amount and then he called me and he wanted more money and I gave him more. It's like, you know, bring your wife too. Was, you know, a pretty wife. You wanted me to, you know. But, um, <laughs> so, so I, I, I told um, Jackson about it. For some reason, I hadn't mentioned it to him. I was telling Jackson about it. And he's like, oh, I can get your amp. I'll get your amp tomorrow, you know. And I'm like, okay. He's like, just call, ha, call Buddha. And Jackson has this ma manager who's like big... He's a biker. He like was a biker, and uh, oh yeah, Alex is really scared of Buddha. So I called oh, Buddha. Wow. Next day, your amp's ready. <laughs> You're shitting me, really? Wow. Now that one I've never heard. Before. And I didn't. I was so mad. I did not. I didn't want the amp. I was just like, I don't even want this amp. I was so mm -hmm. bummed about it. I was like, I just felt like, how could it be that good? And I plug it in. This was the basement amp. And um, it was really good, but it was really loud. It was, mm -hmm. it was too loud. So I ended up swapping. So I, I actually do own the basement amp. I don't own the deluxe, but mm -hmm. I swapped with my buddy, with our buddy, for the yeah. deluxe. <laughs> wow, that's wow. an amazing story. So I've, pretty good chance I'm not getting a dumbbell in my lifetime. <laughs> not, unless you're, not unless you're Carlos Santana. And, you, and you've got like $50,000 to just, or $100,000 to just throw at it. Yeah, him. and those guys probably yeah. get their amp pretty quick. Like, I'm sure they do, I but I mean, I've, I've actually heard stories that, that, that people like Santana actually have, have paid him as much as like hundred grand for an amp. And they, they get Yeah, I know people time. that have them and, and claim that their amp is worth that. And I'm like going, why mm. haven't you sold it? Yeah. yeah, right. Well, I sold mine for a hell of a lot of money. I saw one on Reverb the other week for 106 Yeah, I yeah, think I know. You know was it, it in Seattle? Probably won't get oh, yeah, sold. I think so, yeah. I, know I mean, you know, guys. I want to see what it sells for. I mean, it's, you know, I can... I can put my car online for oh, man, half a million dollars. I, 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 <laughs> I put my daughter it through school for a year it. for what I sold that. Yeah, in. no, people are paying yeah. that kind of money. Yeah. They're doing yeah. it. So I wonder what a modified Fender is getting. I mean, probably a lot. Not that I want to because I a modified really love Fender, it. Modified I'll by never double. sell it. Modified by dumping. Yeah. Can't you just take it to another amp guy? Well, this is the other it? thing is you're not supposed to let anybody look at it, open it up and look at it. And apparently he's gooped the inside so that right. if someone does yeah, open there's it. There's so many ungooped ones around so, it. Well, so what does that mean that it's gooped on the inside? So, so when he has to well, work, he puts the rubber stuff on the You can get it worked board. on, though? I mean, I mean, Well, you, if you have to just get an X-Acto knife and cut away the goop. I see. But, but so if so, can I just ask a question here? Well, he, if he, you he, have to, he, he, goops, <laughs> he goops the amp. He fills it, fills it full of a bunch of goop crap shit, whatever. Yeah. And you know, something goes wrong because it always does. Yeah. And he's got to fix it. Yeah. He has to ungoop it. Yeah. 
And so you, that then, so that must make the cost of a, of a normal. Oh yeah, but who's going to bring their amp back? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. After I would seven never years. bring. Yeah, but then you got to bring it to somebody else on Google, which is going to make a, a fifty dollar fix. Thing, $500. The thing is, I, I don't did, think with the parts that he uses, it's not going to have a. problem. I've never had a problem. Not one. It's not going to have a problem. Boy, things like wood. that. Those little things that are under that a resistor goes bad. No, but they they don't. They don't. They Mine, don't. they go bad in my head. I haven't head. even had a you crackle, know, like not you know, even a scratchy a tube pop. Goes bad. Wow. Those little I mean, I've parts changed the tube. But come on, you've yes. never had a yeah. resistor or a capacitor go bad in an amp? It, it's because the tubes went bad. And if you take care of an amp, the tubes usually won't go bad. You know, if you if you put your amp and drive I've it around in the trunk of your car. <laughs> I've had to replace resistors <laughs> Maybe and capacitors. Is that, what, is that what you're choice. saying? Yeah. I've had to replace those things well, on amps. I, have you before? You you bring you're well, bringing yeah. your amps to boy. I do all the time. But I, okay, I well there got, we go. Well, I, I think I, it's initially you do, like if it hasn't been done. Yeah. To a vintage fender, you have, they usually have well, to recap you know, it and some resistors. Yeah, yeah. He wants to do resistors. But the thing is, is he's taking. And then it, maybe it won't happen again. Is that for another twenty old, years? Then yeah, it yeah. But he's taking an old amp and he's basically redoing the whole thing with. Okay, know. so it doesn't happen in the first year, but it happens twenty years down the maybe road. Maybe twenty years down the road, maybe. And, and but it makes a deferred thirty to forty dollar fix, five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Thank you because for you no fucking to, reason. Because you, well, there is Except a reason. Except for so people will copy. He his doesn't design. want to copy people because you can't trademark a circuit. You can't. I understand that. And and understand. and so he, in order to remain, to have his shit be proprietary, he has to. Goop it so, but there you know as well as I do. If anybody wants to learn anything, they you can learn it. All it they themselves. have to do is just get an exacto knife and cut away all the goop, and it's Ooh. laid out there naked. And there's a million of them out there before that, he that, gooped them. No, oh. with the goop taken off. Mm. So everybody knows the circuit now. I mean, you know. So that's and, why there's all these copies. And, and actually, I got to tell you something. There's some good ones. You know, dude. John Sir is a really good friend of mine. We're gonna have him on the show. I have a bad. You know. Um, yeah, you have a badger, so you mm -hmm. know John. So John has seen the ultraphonic circuit, you know, and he's seen it and he's looked at it and he says it's a good circuit, but it's not. It's not the holy grail. It's like it's just a good amp circuit. You know Why what I mean? It it's not like so good? it's not. It, it sounds really good, and there's nothing. You know, what is it about say, it that you can turn it all the way up? Like a Blackface Deluxe Reverb, which yeah. was my favorite amp. Mm -hmm. I, I have another one that I that I always used, but it's three and a half for me is kind of it with that amp. You mm -hmm. turn it up, it's yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not great. But you know mm -hmm. they break up. The Dumble, you can just keep turning it to ten. Mm -hmm. You get it on ten, and it's just singing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does. He he's a he's a genius. I mean, the guy knows. He's a genius. He's a really yeah. great amp guy. You know, but the thing is, is that. It's all a matter of personal taste because I've tried Dumble Damps and I can't get my personal tone yeah. from a Dumble. I need a Marshall. Yeah. It's the only Very thing different. that I can... Have you ever tried a Dumble Marshall? No, I haven't. No. I haven't. But I there's a certain Plexi Marshall, like a 71 or mm -hmm. 70, either 69, 70, 71. That's my amp. 100 that's what, watt? Yeah, yeah, that's 100 watt. Wow. And that's how I get my tone and I can't get it from anything else. So when that's you play like, in a small place. Do you use that? No, no, <laughs> no. I use a deluxe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but you use a yeah. hot rod deluxe, not a deluxe. Black yeah, place. but but the thing is, is I rarely play gigs where I bring a small amp, you know, because I'm usually playing with my band and we hit pretty hard. So I need a hundred watts because I need the headroom for chords. Did I see you, you with John Lupani about thirty years ago? Yeah, at you the did, Universal probably. Amphitheater. Yeah, awesome. probably. Yeah, yeah. But um. 
Yeah, anyway, everybody everybody like has an amp that they use like, you know, I can't imagine Bruce getting his tone out of a Marshall. That's a Fender thing for to me. Like when I see Bruce play, he plays through that Fender and it's the perfect tone. You know what? I want to see Bruce lug for, like you give him that amp and then him come walk in and go, This is a piece of shit. What do you play for? I can't get leave it there thank you so much for listening thank you so much val mccallum really appreciate that mate we really enjoyed it and we'll continue on to part two next week um that was uh some jack shit from one of their albums and you can find val mccallum and jack shit online google them but anyway and we apologize for some of the crackling i i don't know what was going on i think val or someone was playing with their microphone this is what i constantly have to deal with i'm gonna have to figure that out why stop playing with the fucking microphones anyway have a great week enjoy yourselves and uh, until next week keep guitar waking thanks guys